Game seven, eight seconds left, home team down by one. Oh, the home team strips the ball and the point guard is all alone. But it appears that there's a wet spot on the free throw line. The fans go silent. Their championship aspirations flash before their eyes. Wait, someone's running out on the court. Oh my, it's the towel boy. How did he clean it so fast? The point guard takes off and dunks the ball. Game over, the crowd erupts. Towel boy, towel boy. Welcome and thank you everybody for another stupendous standing ovation. My name is Andy. And I'm Landon. And we are the Towel Boys. So today on Podcast 24, we are doing a special trade talk episode where Landon and I will be acting as NBA team's front offices going through mock trades. So we have chosen five players that we're going to talk about today, and we have each made a trade package for that player. What we'll be doing is we'll be taking turns trying to convince the opposing team's front office to accept our trade proposal. Now, each one of us will pitch these trades to the other as opposing front offices, and the front office being pitched will either accept or reject that trade. Now, we understand that in the real NBA world, teams don't just accept or decline trades right on the spot. They go back and forth for days, even months at times, with plenty of counteroffers. But to make things simple, because we're a podcast and we're not actually GMs, it's not going to be an option. It's either accept or decline. Yep. So and if you're a little lost, don't worry, because we are about to show you what we mean. Very simple. A lot of words. Very simple concept. Yep. Let's start with Paul George. Landon? All right, Andy, the GM of the Clippers. I am Landon, GM of the 76ers. And boy, do I have a trade for you. I am offering you the chance to get a top 20 player in exchange for your guy who has struggled repeatedly in the playoffs, yet he is an amazing shooter. So I will give you Ben Simmons for Paul George. Straight up, no strings attached, no picks, nothing. Straight up. What say you, GM of the Clippers named Andy? Well, we are a little annoyed at Paul George. He was pretty horrible. Um, Kind of the reason why we lost, not the only reason. I think Kawhi caught whatever flu that Paul George had in Game 7. But Ben Simmons is interesting because Philly doesn't love that guy, do they? Don't they? They they, they have a problem. So... So tell me more about Ben Simmons. Why why would we want Ben Simmons? How would he make our team better? Well, I mean, you should see the fit naturally. Like you have a lot of guys that are going to make shots. Montrez Harrell is probably going to leave in free agency, leaving, you know, different spots for you to fill up with shooters instead of a guy like him who definitely clogged the floor for Kawhi and Paul George, even though Paul George wasn't going to make a layup anyways. Um <laughs> Our reason for wanting Paul is obvious. The Simmons and Bede pairing has gone on long enough. We just are tired of making it work. They are both outstanding players. We are not sold on keeping one or the other. It's more of just a fluid situation. And Paul George has had great, you know, times in his NBA career. He's been really bad lately. We feel like we can work him up back to the point that he was two years ago when he was third in MVP voting. And we are willing to part with Simmons despite his undeniable talent, just based on fit. The one issue that's holding me back is I I totally understand Simmons is way younger. Um, But the contract, it's killer. Really? Contract for Ben Simmons. He's making... $177 $177 million. I think it's 170 over four years, pretty much, after this, this year. So Paul George might leave after the year or after two years. So we'd be locked into Simmons for a while. And if, let's say we have to rebuild or we're building on Simmons, I don't have the biggest problem with that because he's only 24. Yeah. That's a, big, that's a big contract. Sure. 
it is a big contract. He's a top 20 player and he's only getting better. I mean, you saw him hit a couple corner threes last year. That'll probably increase to like 10 this year. Come on. Wow. Hmm. I, I mean, look, it's not a Tobias Harris contract, you know? Like, we're not giving you a guy that just shot like 17% from three in the playoffs in a sweep. We're giving you a guy who was injured for that time, but who probably would have led us to at least two wins in that series, maybe even more, because he's just potentially the best defender in the NBA. And he can be your point guard. He can stand in the dunker spot if you want him to. He can do just about everything except for shoot. And I think, I mean, Kawhi's been clamoring for a point guard since the playoffs ended. This guy can be that guy. He's got the vision. Kawhi, do you want Ben Simmons? Do you want to get rid of Paul George? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That was my best Kawhi impersonation. I, I say yes. Um, worst case, cool. if if we collapse, we'll have a great player to build around, and Paul George is horrible, and I'm, I'm done with him. I will accept this. Kawhi can get the ball more down the clutch. We don't have to worry about Paul George. Now we have point guard of the future. Yeah, no, I think you guys have a bright future with, with Simmons and Kawhi. Those are very long-rangey defenders, and they can complement each other really well. Kawhi lacks some passing vision, so... I think Simmons will definitely help you guys out, and it's the point guard that he wants to take some some pressure off Kawhi in terms of ball handling. And you know what we're getting? I mean, listen, Paul George has been terrible in the playoffs repeatedly, but we're hoping to that Joel Embiid is going to be the, the number one option in the playoffs and that Paul George should benefit from Embiid's pure dominance on the inside rather than him and Kawhi kind of trading off perimeter jump shots and stuff so i think this is a good switch up for both players in terms of environment and just fit with their team all right good luck to you in the future ben same Simmons, to you on board. gm andy of the clippers <laughs> <laughs> all right landon you are now the clippers gm i am the rockets gm And I come to you and say, look, Paul George was a disaster. He took too many shots away. He has a superstar mind, but not the superstar abilities in the playoffs. Kawhi got sick of him. So what I'm going to offer you is a chance out of that to get two two two-way players who can shoot, play defense, and be integral parts of that Clippers rotation, along with a future first-round pick. We are proposing Eric Gordon and Robert Covington with a pick to the Clippers in exchange for Paul George. Now, let me explain. When you think of these three names, of course, Paul George is the biggest name that pops out. It's not particularly that close. But when you look at actual performance and defensive intensity and shot making and clutch play, Eric Gordon and Robert Covington were two awesome pieces for us the last few years. And they will continue to be great pieces on that Clippers rotation. They will allow Kawhi to do more. And they provide valuable depth switchability that Paul George didn't really show in the playoffs. When you have Covington who can guard big men, when you guys are lacking a big man. I mean, he played the center a lot on our team. This guy can play the four, the five. He's a great shooter. Eric Gordon, another guy who can create, but also will step back and sit in a corner on a wing and shoot. And you get to get rid of your boy Paul George now. So... Along with a pick, how does that sound? That sounds pretty atrocious. I'm not going to lie. When you look at Eric Gordon, this dude is making almost $20 million a year until 2023 to 24. And yes, it's partially guaranteed that year, but that's an abysmal contract for a guy that's 31 and will be 34, 35 on the tail end of that. That's, that's terrible. And we have a guy... His contract could be up next year. He has a player option. And and then we'll just be done with, with his whole, you know, I don't even know what to call it, just his meltdown. He might step up again next year and be the third best player in basketball like he was two years ago. I don't, I, I can't give away Paul George for, w- without getting back a top 20, 25 player. That's just not what we're looking to do. It's not what Kawhi wants. 
we, we just need to get value for PG, even though he had a rough playoffs. I'm not going to sell low on him. I'm sorry. Now hear me out. The Eric Gordon contract, it's not the most beautiful thing your eyes have ever laid upon. It's really not. I will, t- I will tell you that the Covington deal is a very good contract for a very solid player. But when you look at the Eric Gordon contract, you're not looking at the 2023-2024. Because when you win two to three rings in the next two to three years and you convince Kawhi to stay because he has players like Eric Gordon and Covington that'll hit the big shots, unlike Paul George, along with great defense. I mean, that's that's a lot of added to your team. It might not be the name recognition of Paul George, but it's two awesome players. And you don't have to think about four years from down the line, because once you get this ring, Steve Ballmer is going to love you, man. You're never going to lose your job. Yeah, I mean, all I'm looking for is Steve Ballmer's approval. But I, I really don't think that this trade is going to land me that, considering the fact that Covington, he seems young. He's actually 29 as well. Not only does this rid us of a guy that has superstar potential at times, it adds on a 31-year-old with a terrible contract. It adds on a 29-year-old with, yes, a somewhat value contract. But when you look at Robert Covington, I mean, he was just a part of a Rockets team that lost to the Lakers 4-1, to and we plan on playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals next year. We need pieces that can really contend, that have size, that have passing vision, and Covington is, in the end, is an amazing 3-and-D player. So I just don't feel like I'm getting a bang for my buck on Paul George here. Sorry, GM Andy of the Rockets. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Next player, Bradley Beal. All right. Hi, I am GM Landon of the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Hello, Landon, GM of the Golden State Warriors. I am Andy, GM of the Washington Wizards. Ew. Oh, God, that's horrible. <laughs> All right. Hear me out here. Bradley Beal seems like he's in some tumultuous times he extended with you guys an extra two years he keeps saying that he wants to be there for his career I guarantee you that dude's gone as soon as he has the opportunity to be he the only reason he signed that extension was to secure the bag you can't lie to yourself you guys have been really really bad for the past few years John Wall coming back might help that but I have a proposal here that will completely reset your future. Andrew Wiggins, the number two overall pick and a future first round pick. Now, what you're getting in this deal is a guy who has really struggled in the past. We just brought him into our system where we put him through part of our you know, routines and gave him some of our drills. And you see how our shooting works on Steph and Clay. We're starting to work on Andrew in the same way. He's starting to look better shooting the ball. If you look at those picks, I mean, with that number two overall pick, you could get whoever you want. I mean, LaMelo Ball could literally just be as good of a shooter slash scorer of Bradley Beal. Yes, it's early to project that, but come on. Like, if if that guy is probably going to leave anyways and you're not competing in the next few years... This offer is ridiculously good for your future. So a future first-round pick is a future first-round pick. But if it's coming from the Warriors, probably isn't going to be that good of a pick. Let's start with that. Secondly, this is a, a draft that, due to everything going on, we haven't been able to evaluate the players that much. There's more of there's more error and the, the class isn't known to be this elite class like it was last year, for example, with, with Zion and, and Jaw at the top. So I'm a little bit skeptical about the number two pick, and the value might be a little bit overhyped. Andrew Wiggins kind of concerns me because his contract is huge, and if we are going to get rid of Bradley Beal, the heart and soul of this team, I mean, probably don't want to take on a contract that, that lasts as long for pretty much as much money. So I'm a little bit skeptical right now. I understand we'd probably be worse and and we'd tank. I'm not sure if I want to do that with John Wall. We might want to give it one last go. I don't know if I'm prepared to get necessarily agree with that. I don't think that you guys would automatically be worse. Think about what you're adding. I mean, number like top three picks can completely change 
the league. Think about John Morant. He just led his team to the playoffs as a rookie, as the number two overall pick. So you can get some serious value there. And if you add a guy like Wiggins, who, yes, he hasn't had the best past, but he's always giving you a wing defender. He's always giving you a guy that can step up and hit a mid-range jumper. He's had his clutch moments in the past. If Beal is thinking about leaving, which I'm sure you're uncertain about, nobody ever tells the truth with this kind of stuff. It just seems like he has a foot out the door. Then this really sets you up. I'm just, I'm worried about Andrew Wiggins. I know you want to make the argument that you fixed his shot and he's a better defender now. I just don't see the same upside. And yeah, you want to make the argument about a top three player being amazing. Bradley Beal, I think, was the third player in the draft taken when we took him and he has been amazing and that doesn't always happen i think we're going to hold here it's a lot offered but as the real wizards gm and as i would say no we're not trading him for anything classic all right all right hello i am coming to you wizards gm as the nuggets gm coming with a tempting offer because clearly the Wizards make the playoffs. They're not going to be much higher than an eight seed, and they'll probably get swept or lose in five. Just going to be honest there. But I'm coming at you with proven young talent and picks. Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, and a future first. Now let me explain. Michael Porter Jr. has had immense, he has immense talent, and he's proven it in the playoffs. He's made some rookie mistakes, but so does everybody, and he looks awesome. He looks like a future all-star, potentially superstar, and this is really tough for us to for us to depart with because we really think he can reach that, but we're, we're more in a win now, and you aren't. So along with that, we're going to give you Gary Harris, a pretty solid 3 and D guy who can put up 15, 17 points a game, and with more opportunity, he's pretty young. Who knows what he's going to do? His contract's not too bad. He's only making 19 and $20 million respectively over the next two years, so if you did want to get rid of him, you can get rid of him. And then along with that, we're giving you a first-round pick. So we're giving you a lot of upside here with proven young talent who's going to be really good for a guy in Bradley Beal, which I know you love, but it's a better situation. Trust me, I know you want to make the playoffs, and I know you don't want to get rid of him, but you're sending him to a better situation. He'll be happier. The future of the Wizards will be on the rise. What do you say? You think I care about Beal's happiness? No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> All right, GM Andy of the Nuggets, I, Landon, GM of the Wizards, am not incredibly sold on your offer. Michael Porter Jr. has tremendous upside as a scorer. He was literally played off the floor multiple times in the playoffs to the point where I am concerned about his long-term defensive potential despite his impressive frame and body. And then when you look at Gary Harris, I mean, you say he's a little, he's pretty young. Beal is 27. Gary Harris is 26. Gary Harris makes $18 million, or excuse me, he just made $18 million. He's making 19 next year and then 20 the year after that. And Beal is literally only making a couple million more than that. Like that, that contract in and of itself is just, brutal to swap out for a guy who has just dedicated everything he has to Washington DC and has said that he wants to be here permanently. See the problem is I don't think the Gary Harris contract, which is only two years, is necessarily a horrible deal because if if he plays bad, which I don't think he will, Gary's a great player. He's been terrific for our organization. But if Gary Harris doesn't work out, you can always get rid of him or you could resign him. It's up to you. Michael Porter Jr., let's remember, this guy's had some incredible defensive moments in the playoffs. He's been, he's been awesome. And yes, he's been played off the floor at times because he hasn't been in the league long enough to, to really learn how to play defense in the NBA. I mean, this guy barely played in college. He was hurt halfway through the season. So this guy has little to no experience playing defense even in college. Wait till you give him some exposure, some NBA play in the regular season. Have him learn. And he's going to be a tremendous two-way player. I guarantee it. He's athletic enough. He's lengthy enough. And he's obviously deadly on the offensive end. And then you're bringing him along with Gary Harris, who's a great defender. So he's going to learn from Gary Harris. And, and 
frankly, he has a lot of opportunity to expand and grow. And yes, Bradley Beal is awesome. And he's been awesome for the Wizards. But this immense talent in Michael Porter Jr., you're not going to get a better deal. And if Bradley Beal does walk, you're giving up this much, along with a future first-round pick, which could end up being a top 15, top 20 pick. It just seems like a lot. It, this is this is a big offer and it's tough for us to part with Michael Porter Jr., but we really feel that this helps you guys along with us mutually. You named some of the problems that I have with this, though. Like, yes, he barely played in college. He's barely played in the NBA. Like, this dude has not been on the court in a really long time. He played tremendous basketball in, in like, the pre-playoff bubble. He was on the all-bubble team, I believe. But then it just really fell off in the playoffs once defense is tightened. You look at the defensive side. You look at the injury history. He's just—he's a great offensive prospect. There are just so there's so much baggage with him. It's just scary. It's why he didn't get drafted until so late. And I think there are remnants of that in my mind to this day. I mean, he didn't play his rookie year. He what only started playing this year like pretty late. I mean, he just he's just been on a weird path. And well, the reason the reason why he wasn't a top five pick, he was a consensus top five pick until his injury, which people didn't know if he'd come back from. Now right. he's fully healthy. He would have been a top five pick. And let's remember this regular season, he shot over fifty percent from the floor. He shot forty two plus percent from three. He's a great rebounder, a very good scorer. And yeah, he lacks some things on the defensive end, but he has so much time because he's 22 and barely played. He's going to get better, and he's going to be an awesome player. I just don't know if you can get a center, a centerpiece of a trade that's better than Michael Porter Jr. with the upside in return for Bradley Beal. So I'm not sold on this offer at the moment, so I'm going to say no for now. But come back to me at the trade deadline after I see Michael Porter Jr. play for a while, and we can talk then. All right. Let's move on to Ben Simmons. Yeah. All right. So I am Landon, the GM of the Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who are you again? <laughs> I am the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. Because Ben Simmons oh, is right. untraded in this. <laughs> We're starting over. I, I forgot your name sorry andy gm of the sixers right that's it <laughs> that's it all right well i'm here to make an offer for ben simmons and i think this will very much interest you because it's clear that simmons and Embiid has not been working for some time now and even if there was potential for it to work like do you really want to deal with the fans just screaming at you over and over and booing your players off the court probably not so here's what we got. We would give you our best current young player that we drafted last year. Not our best player because we have Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Best young prospect, Jarrett Culver. James Johnson, salary filler at $16 million a year roughly. He's definitely going to accept his player option. And then we'll send you the number one pick in this draft. You can get a shooter to put next to Embiid. Initial thoughts. I'm not sold on the upside of Jarrett Culver. He's a good young player, not great. And if I'm looking at this like that, it's like a number one pick with the potential to be a pretty good player in Jarrett Culver for Ben Simmons, who's a top twenty player. So so what what is what is that number one pick in Culver? Does it really have the value of, of a top twenty player? Oh, it's not about getting a another top twenty player back for the Sixers. Sure, that'd be wonderful. To me, what it is for you guys, you just need to split the the duo of Simmons and a beat up. Like as a basketball fan myself, if I have to watch another game of them too, I'm just gonna jump out my window. Like I I can't do it. So for for the love of everything basketball, please just accept this trade so we don't have to watch Simmons and a beat play together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because the, the problem, number one the pick, problem man. the problem with this is that. Right now, the Philadelphia 76ers, given what we have on our team, are in win-now mode. With Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, without Horford, with these big contracts, with Jay Rich, 
These are good players. And we if we're going to give up a great player in Ben Simmons, we want more solid talent back to try to win now. Otherwise, what's the point? You guys were sixth place in the East last year. <laughs> yeah, we were. And we plan on being even better this year. You got swept <laughs> in the first round. How are you in win now mode? You're in... You're in like the moratorium period where you don't know which way you're going. You can't be in win now mode because you. We are in win now mode. Fit well, you're the GM. We have three all stars. We have four guys who've been all stars. Put together a team. team. This is no longer. This is no longer the team that was one game shy of probably going to the finals because I think the Jimmy Butler led 76ers would have beaten Milwaukee that year. This is not that team. You lost Jimmy Butler, and you filled that void of a guy who just had multiple triple-doubles in the finals with Al Horford and Tobias Harris on probably the worst contract in the league. Yes, you did not do that, but the guy who preceded you did, and you have to live with those mistakes. Help yourself out a little bit. Change up the equation. Get the number one pick, get a shooter, get Ben Simmons out of Philadelphia. He literally can't even throw a fish into freaking water. He hit the damn deck in the bubble. He doesn't know how to He doesn't know how to put things into other things. His sex life probably sucks. Jeez. It's time you change this up. No. <laughs> I reject this trade. Jericho is not enough. Number one Jer- pick, Tyson, oh but Jerick Culver's not. I want, I want the number one pick with with some some legitimate potential. I'm saying no. Brutal. All right. Guess we'll just have to take the number one pick then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, Landon, GM of the 76ers. I am Andy, the GM of the Pelicans. Interesting. I'm coming to you because I don't think you really want Ben Simmons on this team. You don't. The connection with Embiid, it's not there. The shooting, obviously, is a problem. The spacing is a problem. So I'm going to give you two very solid players, one of which is an elite shooter, the other of which is a better shooter than Ben Simmons, in exchange for Ben Simmons and Zaire Smith, who's just kind of a throw-in to match salary. But we are presenting, we are proposing to you Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball in exchange for Ben Simmons. And let me tell you why. Drew Holiday is the perfect fit for the Sixers. He is an efficient shot creator who plays elite defense. He's a perfect guard to put next to Jay Rich and build around Embiid. And then we're giving you a guy in Lonzo Ball where, yes, Ben Simmons is taking away a lot of your passing, but Lonzo Ball is a phenomenal passer, and the guy is young. He is young. He is 22 years old, only with one more year of a contract, then you could re-sign him. So you have Drew Holiday, who's only on a one or two year. He's, he's only, he has a contract coming up next year, and then he has a player option the year after. He's 30, but he's an excellent player. So guess what? If things don't work out and you want to get rid of Drew Holiday, you, can, you have a way out too. This isn't a binding salary like Ben Simmons, where if Simmons and Embiid doesn't work, you have to trade one of them. You're getting an elite player in Drew Holiday. You're getting a very good player in Lonzo Ball, and you're getting rid of the guy who doesn't help your spacing at all. Yes, Lonzo's not an amazing shooter, but he has excellent passing, rebounding, defense, just like Simmons, and he can shoot a lot better than him still. So this is a very enticing offer where you could break up the Ben Simmons and Bede problem that we've seen you guys have, and you're getting two very solid players to build around him. I, My initial thoughts are not very positive. I'm not going to lie to you, GM Andy of the Pelicans. Lonzo Ball is a career 34% three-point shooter. Drew Holiday is a career 35% three-point shooter. Maybe if you would have thrown J.J. Redick into this trade, I'd be feeling a little better because I would love to have J.J. back. And while having Drew back would be nice, he isn't necessarily the perfect guy for this team. I mean, we already have Josh Richardson filling that gap at a significantly less expensive contract. And when you throw Lonzo Ball, I mean, Lonzo Ball is just discount Ben Simmons in my mind. Sure, he can shoot a little bit, but he just shot like what, like 20% in in 
the bubble. I mean, he was atrocious. He literally like led the Pelicans out of the playoffs with just terrible play. I feel like to really solve our problems, we need to replace Simmons or Embiid with shooting. And this package just does not have enough of that, despite how good these players are at everything else. Drew Holiday, when the time comes, when the moment's big, he's going to be a very good shooter. He is a significant upgrade to Ben Simmons with the ball in his hands the last minute. Last minute of the game, game on the line. You want Drew Holiday. He's a clutch player. He's a great defender. You're, you're adding two incredible defenders who can play, and they are much more capable of shooting than Ben Simmons, where if you double Embiid, normally you kick it to Ben, and you can leave him wide open. But now with, with Lonzo, you have to at least contest it. If the guy's wide open, he's going to consistently hit shots. We see it in practice every day. He's very capable of doing it. So this is these are two pieces that are going to help you in every single way, and now you get to center your team around Joel Embiid. You don't have to worry about the Embiid-Simmons split Oh, is one better without the other? You only have one. And then you have Harris, Horford, Drew Holiday, Lonzo. This is a, these are a lot of good defenders who can also shoot. And it's not an amazing shooting team, but it's good enough where you can't leave them alone. And that's what you want with Embiid. Man, that's people have been want. saying, people said that to us all of last year. And then we get to the playoffs, Al Horford shoots 0% from three. Tobias shoots 17% from three. And Bede can't hit a shot from outside. Like, we need shooting. That's the only way that we are going to be successful with the way that Elton Brand built this team. We just have two big men who are sub 36% three point shooters, which is the league average. And you're forgetting we have Ty Bull on our bench, we have Josh Richardson. Like, we have the defensive potential to slow down just about any team. We need the shooting. I mean, like, look at Duncan Robinson. Look at Redick. Like, these guys and the gravity that they have. That's what the league is really heading towards. And I I do wish you would have included JJ instead of Lonzo because I think that would have been the perfect trade for us. But, alas, podcast rules dictate that you cannot negotiate <laughs> further. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a no to that trade because... Got to go for the shooting, man. Stupid. You get two better <laughs> shooters than the one you got now. Yeah, but he's a top 20 player. We need like actually like good shooting to replace one of Simmons or Embiid, or it's not worth it. Drew Holiday's pretty good. He could shoot. Thirty- 35% career. What's he last year? Um, He was last year a... 35% three-point shooter. <laughs> so. Nah, he's, he's 39. The stats are lying. Uh-huh. All right, let's 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 move on here. So now I am... Oh, look at that. I continue to be GM of <laughs> the 76ers, and you yep. are... The Houston Rockets. GM. Andy. I am the Houston Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yes, I am 76ers GM Landon speaking to Rockets GM Andy. And this is a very crazy trade. This would be a blockbuster and a half. We give you Embiid and Josh Richardson. And you give us none other than James Harden. James Harden. (laughs) Get out of here. So... You replace Hakeem Olajuwon as the next big center for the Rockets that can take you guys to the promised land. And you get a spectacular ancillary piece in Josh Richardson, who plays tenacious defense, can knock down the three ball, can even take on some ball handling responsibilities at times. But obviously, what you're really looking at here is the Embiid for Harden swap. You guys are not going anywhere fast. The model that you have had building around James Harden, letting him do his thing, kicking out the shooters, it just hasn't worked. The one year 
that you could have won the championship was when you had Chris Paul organizing the offense instead of James Harden. And until you get until you change the equation, you're never winning a championship. Harden will not bring you that. You have witnessed success of the most dominant big man in the league in the past with Hakeem. And you have the opportunity to do that again. And I think this is this could help us out, obviously, because splitting up Embiid and Simmons is our goal. We get James Harden, who is one of the best scorers we've ever seen. And you get Embiid, who's really just the most dominant big man in the league. Like, there's no way around it. James Harden has been our team for as long as I can remember, as long as I've been in this position. <laughs> and Joel Embiid is a tremendous basketball player. He is the most dominant big man. And Josh Richardson is a very solid guy. But the thing is, our team is made up of a bunch of Josh Richardsons surrounding James Harden. That's, that's our identity. We are James Harden. <laughs> that's our identity. So, so to give up Harden... Embiid's a tremendous player we can work around, but I don't know if the spacing, we're all about spacing here in Houston, if you haven't, if you didn't know. I don't know if the spacing with, with Embiid and, and Russell Westbrook, I don't know if that can do it. And I don't know if I want the personalities of Joel Embiid and Russell Westbrook on my team at the same time. That seems, that seems like a lot. Yeah, seems no, like I a was, lot of show. I was under the impression Russ was getting moved. He just, I mean, <laughs> oh. he, he did not seem like he fit there well this past year well if you want to throw another trade in and propose and just tell me where i could trade russ i mean oh oh the knicks would love him that's <laughs> he's a, he's a knicks kind of guy but uh no in terms of in terms of this trade this is another instance we see it all the time players go to a new environment and they just figure things out about themselves they get past just the the mediocrity stage of like just doing the same thing over again, just the repetition. This would be intriguing for both franchises. Like I said, I mean, Embiid is the perfect Elijah Wan follow-up. When you look at him, he has the post moves, he has the jumper, he can just dunk on your head, and he's got the defense. Maybe not the exact blocking potential of Elijah Wan, but man, he gets up there and he can swat people's shit. This is this could be a really cool move for both franchises if if you're willing to take a look at it because I'm I'm very interested in getting Harden to Philadelphia and putting him next to Simmons. Man, the thing that's really holding me back is the Russell Westbrook Joel Embiid combination because I just don't know. That's the, you could the, probably the... get four power forwards from the Knicks for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I do love me some Taj Gibson. <laughs> but no I just this is it's a lot of names big names but I don't know if I'm going to get the production and this just seems like a disaster waiting to happen whereas with James Harden and Westbrook at least they're friends and James Harden's worst case we're going to be competing for the playoffs and we could always try to make moves to get the team try to get them back up to the promised man, promised land get them to the championship it's very possible but with Embiid and Westbrook I just don't see a future that could develop Yes, Embiid's younger than James Harden, but I don't know. The injuries, the combination of personalities, without picks. I'm going to have to say no to this. James Harden's too valuable to our franchise. All right. I got you. But, Landon, GM of the Rockets, I, Andy, GM of the Milwaukee Bucks, come to you with a very interesting trade. Okay. Let's hear it. The last time... Russell Westbrook was the leader of a team. He put up 31, 10, and 10, won MVP, averaged a triple-double, had his best year by far. Then Paul George comes, messes it up. I am going to give you a perfect situation to get back to Russell Westbrook leading a team. And the reason why people don't want Westbrook leading a team is if the spacing doesn't work, if he doesn't have a big that, that he can really dominate, you might not want him having the ball all the time. But with this team, it will happen. So I'm offering you, we are acquiring James Harden, and we are giving you Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, and two future first-round picks. Middleton and Lopez provide incredible shooting and defense. 
this Rockets team would now be surrounded with Russ. He is the guy. He can pick up as much stats as he wants, and he's effective when doing it. He led his team to the playoffs. Now he has two awesome high-percentage shooters who play very good defense, along with the rest of this Rockets team that also plays great defense. This seems like a team that's built around shooting, defense, and Russ's athleticism. And if you let him, if you give him the keys to the kingdom, he might very well get you farther than James Harden ever did. No more iso ball. We're picking up the speed. We're giving Middleton. Middleton's an excellent guy, a secondary scorer, where if Russ is not feeling it, you have another guy. You saw him in the playoffs against the Heat without Giannis. You have a guy in Brooke Lopez who can post you up or shoot threes. Plus, you already have Eric Gordon and some other guys you can create off the dribble. This seems like a team much better fit to not play iso ball, to play as a team, and to really hit shots. Okay, uh, I'm definitely listening because we're looking to change things up. I'm not saying we're looking at Jared Harden necessarily, but we're kind of, it's getting old just watching him dribble 50 times a game. So I'm definitely listening. Middleton is awesome. He's an all-star. He's very close to 50, 40, 90. Lopez is obviously all defense, shoots the three pretty well. He had a rough season last year, but I think I think he could get back to shooting well. But in the end, I mean, they only got a game off of Miami, right? Like, you guys were supposed to dominate them, and you lost 4-1. to one. Middleton and Lopez played every game, and they both had their moments, but if that didn't lead to winning, it's just a little concerning going forward. Listen, the, the time is now with the Houston Rockets. And I don't say that to insult you. I say that because we know. I mean, Russell Westbrook's over 30. James Harden's about to be there. And you've had James Harden the last six, seven years, and you haven't done anything. So stop playing this iso ball. This is your chance to get rid of him, getting an all-star back and a really good center that you guys don't have. You're missing that piece. So you're getting a good shooting center, a very good two-way all-star, two first-round picks where guess what? James Harden and Joel Embiid, let, let's say that our team blows up, it doesn't work out, there's some injuries, those picks could become very valuable. And you have a lot of these other guys who are built in, ready to win now, good 3 and D guys. It seems like a team where if you give Russ the keys to the kingdom, I believe in Russ, and I know you do too. Russell Westbrook had 31-10-10 the last time he was the leading guy on a team. He didn't really lose too much explosiveness. He's a great passer. Middleton is an automatic shooter. This is the closest thing to Westbrook and Durant you're going to see again. I think there's a lot of value here. Middleton and Lopez. It's a lot. It's a lot of talent. It's a lot of value. With two first-round picks, if you're ready to get rid of Harden, this might be the best offer you're going to get. Interesting. I accept this offer. I need to get off of Harden. Tired of watching it, and I think I'm getting good value back. Middleton's locked in. He is ascending as a player. It's very clear. Lopez has his moments. I mean, the whole D'Antoni scheme, hey, he's gone. Maury's out. We're ready for a nice traditional big who actually can shoot threes. That's going to be pretty intriguing next to Russ. The defense should get better. And those future first-round picks, those might end up looking nice because, no offense, you guys might not be too good once Giannis leaves. Hopefully he stays. <laughs> pleasure doing business all right yes, player five buddy healed pitch me all right gm andy of the sacramento kings i am gm landon of the new orleans pelicans and this is a cool one because i know that you're tired of buddy just being annoying around practice and just constantly harassing you about money before like he got his big contract and playing time i know he's a headache i think he just needs a new environment and we can provide that for him he'll be a perfect uh slot next to uh zion and you know between zion's interior dominance buddies crazy outside shooting we think that's a great pairing so we're willing to offer you lonzo ball and jj reddick you can slot either one of those guys into the starting lineup next to De'Aaron Fox, and they'll fit perfectly. I mean, De'Aaron has been improving his outside shot just like Lonzo has, and J.J. Redick 
is one of the most prolific three-point shooters we've seen. Him next to De'Aaron with De'Aaron's speed and JJ's outside just stretching the floor ability. I mean, you guys can go fast-paced. You can hit the three-point. You can just, just about do everything. And with Lonzo's passing, he'd be a perfect ball handler when De'Aaron Fox comes out of the game. You're trying to get rid of Buddy anyways. That's no secret. This is a pretty damn good deal. Some young talent, a nice conditioned vet. This is this could definitely be mutually beneficial. I love the idea of JJ Reddick coming in with this veteran leadership. He'd be the oldest guy in the team, and he'd be one of the best players in this team. He really would. I, I love everything about JJ Reddick and what he stands for. The problem is for me, will De'Aaron Fox and Lonzo Ball fit well next to each other? We know that they have that little budding rivalry, and, and it's not going to be a problem. They're going to push each other, but... I think if they're both playing at the same time, because that's what you want at the end of the games, the shooting might be a problem. That's that's kind of what I'm saying, though. Maybe Lonzo isn't the guy that's meant to close out games. Maybe he's meant to be a sixth man that comes in, handles the ball, makes tremendous passes, and then comes out when it's crunch time. Because, it, I mean, it's no secret he's not an amazing shooter, but you're getting a two-for-one here. You're getting a guy who shoots just as well as Buddy Heald, and he can fit perfectly next to De'Aaron Fox you've got Harrison Barnes there I mean you just have a lot of options going on and I think you can come up with a crunch time lineup excluding Lonzo with JJ Redick that will be better than any lineup you could make with Lonzo in at the end of a game so I wouldn't be too concerned about that you know having Harrison Barnes contract and Buddy Heels is a lot so I'm going to say yes. We'll take our chances with Lonzo, having him fit next to De'Aaron Fox. And, of course, J.J. Redick is a great shot maker. So I'm going to say yes to this. Go ahead. Take Buddy Heald. See what you can do with him. Yeah, I mean, he already got his bag, so. He did. Take him. You you have the salary for it. Uh, (laughs) We obviously want to get him off the books. So if if that's getting a a young piece and a good vet, we'll take it. Awesome. All right. Now, you have Buddy Heald again, GM Landon of the Kings. (laughs) I am coming to you with a fantastic offer. I am the Atlanta Hawks GM. And look, Buddy Heald, there have been some problems. And you guys are about to pay him a lot of money. He's coming off the bench. He's going to be the most expensive guy in your team coming off the bench. That's not a good thing. That never is a good thing. If he can't start and you're paying him $24 million, it's not a great thing. But I'll tell you what. This Hawks team, we have so much money. We have so much money, I bet you're jealous. We only have $60 million in the books, and we are willing to take Buddy Heald off your hands for Cam Reddish, a great young talent, and two future first-round picks. And let me tell you why that's a good deal for you. One, Cam Reddish... Showed a lot of talent. He's going to become a pretty good shooter, and he has Buddy Heald-like potential. He really does. He could become the player, replace him, and he could be so much better. We saw him at Duke. He was an excellent talent. We took him in the top 10, I think I think at number 10. Cam Reddish is explosive. He brings a lot of young talent and potential to this team, and it allows you to, to refocus on De'Aaron Fox, what you really need to do. He is the best player on your team. He is 22. Marvin Bagley's 21. You could focus on those two guys, not Buddy Heald. So we're bringing shooting that's not going to complain, and that's only $4 million next year, plus two future first-round picks. I'm not sure if we're going to be great in the next year or two. We're eventually going to be a playoff team. But if you take our pick next year or the year after, these might be top 15, top 20 picks that can also help you continue to build your young, young core while you're not over the cap. And it gives you guys Sacramento... You guys are in, still in California. You could definitely get some guys out there. If you can get a mid-range uh, free agent that can replace Buddy Heald, who's going to fit better, getting rid of this contract with these picks and a young guy in Cam Reddish might be the best thing for you. I I, I don't know what to say. This is, uh, this is not quite what we were looking for from Buddy. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Buddy's rookie year... He shot 39% from three, 43% from the field. He played all 82 games. 
Cam Reddish just shot 33% from three, 38% from the field. And I, I don't know how many games the Hawks played, so I don't know. He, he played 58 games. I do not feel like we'd be getting value on this because I think I actually think you guys have a bright future ahead. And future first rounds from you, I mean, you play in the East. They're not the strongest conference. I just don't think we're getting much value here. I think we could get better from a lot of other teams. I'm not going to lie to you. It's saving you salary cap, the headache of Buddy Heald, two future picks with a young guy who, yes, he has not shot well. He didn't shoot well in college, and he didn't shoot well his first year. But I'm telling you, everybody we've talked to, we've seen him work out. He has a solid, consistent, natural shot. He's going to become a better shooter. He has the potential. He's shown it in college, breaking out. I'm telling you, this guy is undervalued right now. And getting Buddy Heald, the headache off your team for another good shooter who's going to become a better shooter, I guarantee it, with picks, seems like a good deal for both of us. Cam Reddish averaged 27 minutes a game. He had one and a half assists per game. In 27 minutes, one and a half assists. And yes, Trey Young definitely gets a lot of the usage. But he's not necessarily a guy that's just going to whip the ball around the court, which we could really use next to De'Aaron. The other problem I have with this is that I just we need the shooting next to De'Aaron. Yes, Fox is not like a terrible shooter, but he needs a spacer with him so that he can maximize his athleticism and speed. I just don't think Cam Reddish is the kind of prospect that we need for right now. Like, he just doesn't really fit this team. Fair enough. Have fun with Buddy. <laughs> oh, we'll get other offers. Don't you worry. Will you? Oh, yeah. So that wraps up our trade packages and our players. Hope you guys followed with us and, and enjoyed that. That was, that was pretty fun to do. Yeah, that was, that was a blast. We'll do more of them. I wonder what the Clippers would be like with Ben Simmons. That, that is very interesting. I, I, that's such a different dynamic. So different. I kind of hope they do it because I, I want to see Paul George with Embiid as well. I think that's just a crazy swap for both sides. I want to see Harden with, with Giannis, and I want to see Russ with shooters. <laughs> see if the Harden with Giannis better. would be crazy. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's a, that was a tough one because – you know, you're not getting an amazing guy back for James Harden from the Bucs. You're getting Middleton and Lopez. I just think the Rockets, it's just time they move on. That's just, yeah. that that breakup has been coming for a while in my mind. Yeah, if, if they break it up, it's probably going to be Westbrook going in reality. But at the same time, I mean, how much more do you really want to take a James Harden as a Rockets fan? No, that's I what know. I mean. I didn't mean the breakup between Harden and Westbrook. I meant the breakup between Harden and the Rockets. That's just... Yeah. Overdue. You get it. Middleton's a very solid player, and he's got a big contract, but he's a solid player, and, and Brooke Lopez is too. You might as well give it one more shot trying to compete, and, and you get picks with it. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to our Podcast 24, our, our Trade Talk podcast. Let us know what you thought of it. Uh, make sure to keep following us on social media at the Towel Boys on both Instagram and Twitter. We have plenty of content coming out, and stay tuned for more podcasts. Always remember to embrace your inner towel, boy.